It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. Las Vegas is back in business, but the entertainment side will be taking longer to get back to business as almost usual. One entertainer didn't take the quarantine lying down. In fact, he's been entertaining audiences every Saturday at 6 p.m., that's Pacific time, on Facebook with Quarantined with Shinta, a virtual show, Vegas style. That's my guest, Frankie Shinta, the showman. For everything about Frankie, go to frankieshinta.com and you can catch his show on Facebook at Frankie Shinta. And Frankie, welcome back to the show. Hey, good to be here. How are you, Ira? Good, doing well. And I'm fascinated by your approach. I talked a little bit about it with Clint Holmes a couple of weeks ago on the show, and we gave you a shout out then. And I wanted to have you on to, to go into a little bit more detail about how a gentleman who is part of a musical and entertaining family, plus Pete O'Donnell, who's part of the family, how he spends performance time when, unfortunately, the stages of Las Vegas have been shut down. I'm going to let you take the lead and describe how this all happened. Uh, you know, I, I have a very large family. And when this all happened, we do spend a lot of time with our family always. I have six grandchildren who all live very close to me. Four of them live like a block and a half away. My daughter's kids are always <laughs> right here at the house. I mean, my wife feeds, we feed about 10 people a night here. And that's, that's a small dinner. And um, so when this all happened, nothing really changed in-house for us, except we didn't go anywhere. I mean, nowhere. We, we stayed home constantly. And the only place we would go, in mask, of course, would be to the grocery store. And we got a lot of time with our grandchildren and, and kids, my son and his children. And it was very surreal to not see anybody else. My brother, Tony, and his wife, and that was it. And my children finally said to me, Dad, you know, a lot of entertainers are doing these live things and they're, they're making money. And I said, well, that's great. I said, but I would never ask for money. Yeah, but Dad, you're not getting a paycheck. I said, yeah, but I can't ask for money. If I did this, I would, I would just do it to, to entertain people, to take them out of this. You know, the news, you could only take so much of the news. You could only take so much of bad news and hear the word COVID-19 and hear the word social distancing and, I mean, mask and how many people we're going to lose and I mean, it was really debilitating mentally. And I said, you know what? Okay, okay, I'm going to try it. And I looked around my house, and in my house, when I'm not working, I'm really just a Sicilian dad and a papa. And, you know, we cook. We got the family here. I'm in the yard with the kids. And my grandkids come over. The two youngest ones are twins at 22 months old. And they walk in the house, and the first thing out of their mouth is, Papa, Papa, Papa. <laughs> they, honest to God. I mean, it makes me, you know, 
it, I'm only 5'7", but it makes me 10 feet tall. <laughs> and, and the first thing they want to do is come and hug me and show me something. Or, Papa, put on the elephants on TV. So, of course, I go to YouTube and we put elephants on and, you know, they start making ele- <laughs> elephant sounds. And, and then they want to go in the pool and Papa takes them in the pool and they want to go in the backyard. And, you know, I got this little, it's called a salt. It's a called a salt rifle, and it's just got salt in it, and you shoot flies. And it's, I don't does please listeners around the country and around the world don't get the wrong idea. It's a salt gun. It's got salt in it, and you shoot flies because they're very annoying. And it, <laughs> it shoots a little puff of salt. So, so they got their little toy guns. And we go in the yard and we make pretend we're shooting flies. And, and the boys go, bang, 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 bang. And they're, they hate flies. And so that's their thing. They go out in the yard and, and we just play games. And that's my life, you know. And this Saturday, that one Saturday night I did it. And I warned everybody, which was kind of a warning to me. I go, hi, everybody. It's Frankie Shinta. I just want you to know. This Saturday night, I'm going to be doing a live at 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern, because a lot of my listeners are East Coast people, Michigan, Ohio, New York, even Midwest, Chicago, you know. And I said, I'm going to be doing a live. That first night, I got about 8,000 views. That's amazing. And I was like, my kids are going, Ted, that's unbelievable. I go, yeah, but I go, it's just luck. I go, you know, who's going to watch? And then I did it another week. And then I got like 10, 11,000 views. And finally, I talked my little sister, Chrissy, who was in the show forever, into doing it once with me. And she kind of enjoyed herself. And, you know, Chrissy's had a lot of vocal issues right, over right. the years, as most people that know the family know. She did it one more time, and she had some vocal problems. And then she goes, you know what, Frank, I love you, but this is really bothering me. And I, I, I go, Chrissy, I understand. When you feel like doing it again, you do. So last week, my guests were my two 22-year-old month grandsons who tried to sing Duke of Earl. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they're in the first five minutes. And little Dean and Leo were singing their best. Duke, 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 Duke. That's all they know. <laughs> and then my five-year-old granddaughter, one of them, sang. Now, I sing in Sicilian to the babies. I always sing the first song I ever learned, which is an old Sicilian song called U Shikaredu. It's about a little donkey. And it's about a donkey that an old Sicilian man, it's probably 200 years old, his donkey died. And in Sicily, before there were cars, before there were stores, before the donkey was his everything. It plowed the field. It gave him a ride into town to get his vegetables, his food. It was everything, you know, maybe milk, I don't know. And it died. And it's a sad song. It's a, it's a waltz. And, you know, it's a three, four sad song. And I always sing it to the babies. I started with the oldest, who's Frankie's eight now. And 
I never realized that they remembered it. Well, my five-year-old granddaughter, Vivian, knows every word in the Sicilian dialect. Amazing. So she goes, I'm going to sing it, Papa. And I go, only if you want to. She goes, yeah, I'm going to do it. She sang the entire song on my live this week. And I wish I knew at what time she did it, because I've been looking for it and couldn't find it. And just blew me away. Of course, Papa was in tears, and people went crazy. And it was just beautiful to know that children really listen. And a lot of good things happen in our family, you know, like my grandsons, my, my son and my son-in-law, talk to them at bedtime. And both of them, Frankie's eight, Dominic's seven, they both have very meaningful things that they talk about, about, about people, about race. Why do people fight because they're white or they're black? Well, Dominic said something very poignant about, about Martin Luther King. And he says he was a good man. He had no violence. And, you know, I don't get it why people are fighting. I don't get it. You know, you're born either white or black. And people are good or they're bad. And he's seven years old. And, and, and his father, my son-in-law, Mackin, uh, John Mackin, he says, well, what do we do about it? And he goes, well, we could talk to them. He goes, but we can't right now because there's Corona. <laughs> That's goes, right. And he goes, well, Corona doesn't stop you from talking to them. Yeah, you can be on what the phone. What else can we do? <laughs> and he goes, well, Daddy, we could pray. And he goes, yeah, we could. He, he goes, we just need to know that we're all the same. You're either born one color or you're born another. And you're either, it's how people are that counts. I mean, and so me being a music man, I put some music behind it. I cleaned up the audio. And this little thing I did, it got over like 7,000 views. And the comments from people from all over the country were amazing. From just a little boy talking to his dad. And it blew me away. I just, so during this Corona thing, I've been doing things that I've done on stage all my life. And that's make people laugh or touch their hearts. And it's taught me a lot, man. And I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to do this. So during this terrible time in our lives, some good came out of it. Yes, and the fact that you're able to reach that many people and that they come back every week, because as you said earlier, you said you know, people have to get away from the news. They have to get away from what's going on to take a break because it really does affect you mentally. So entertainment is important in any society. And unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, too, with the showrooms closed, now just slowly reopening with certain lounges, but not necessarily the main rooms, that you have to turn to entertainment in other ways. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because it's a challenge, I think, for entertainers who are used to performing on the boards or on stage when an audience can't be assembled in that venue because of obviously coronavirus. So from your point of view, you've taken the suggestions of your family and you're doing this Facebook Live performance each week. But I wonder, how do you see the, the rest of the Las Vegas entertainment community adjusting to this new reality, even though it's starting to loosen up a little bit now? 
I feel two ways about it, Ira, and I hope I'm right about one of them. Either they will have no use for people like myself or Clint Holmes or Earl Turner, or they're not going to be able to bring in the very big names in the big arenas, and all they're going to have use for is the acts like Earl Turner, Clint Holmes, Frankie Shinta, and these kind of acts where it's going to be lucrative for them to put two or 300 people in a showroom and they rely on acts like they did in previous years. Like when I was at the Rio, Clint Holmes was at Harrah's. We were viable acts for these casinos. But somewhere along the line, some new regime came in and said, why are we paying these acts when they'll pay us to perform in our showrooms? That ended the marriage between the entertainer and the casino, which I tell you was a beautiful marriage. Why? It was a marriage between the two. And people that were loyal to the entertainer came to the hotel. They ate there. They drank there. They gambled there. People from around the country stayed there. And it was a beautiful marriage. And something along the way changed. And I don't know if it was a good change, to be honest with you. Yes, in fact, that, that change happened when the corporations came in. Yes. And the four wall became more the dominant way of doing business in showrooms than what had happened for decades. And going back to the 50s and late 40s, where you had the, the entertainers there, and they, you, you had a reasonable ticket price. It was subsidized to some extent, but the entertainers were paid by the hotel because, as you said, they're bringing their own fans in, which helps the house, and they're also attracting other people as well. And then it changed into the, the new corporate decision to let the entertainers pay, and we'll maybe split certain costs with them, but we don't have to pay them. Exactly. And the cost of the shows back then were a fraction of what they're paying for these big shows today. I mean, when you figure out what they're paying people like, you know, and they're absolutely charging more for tickets, of course, right? and they're drawing bigger crowds, but their production cost is a lot more, and they're not going to be able to put that many people in a theater anymore, for I, a while anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. Let's take a break, and I'll continue the discussion, because I think you're right about the fact that there'll be a demand for smaller venues, and that could work very well to the benefit of entertainers, not production shows or large concerts, so to speak. So let's take a break. My guest, Frankie Shinta, has been entertaining audiences in Las Vegas and around the world every Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook with Quarantine with Shinta, a virtual show Vegas style. For everything about Frankie, go to frankieshinta.com and catch his show on Facebook at Frankie Shinta. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. You've seen mobsters and cops face off on the big screen. You've heard the legends of Al Capone and Elliot Ness. But how much do you know about what really happened? Dive into the true stories behind the myths of organized crime and law enforcement at the Mob Museum. 
the country's finest collection of mob artifacts, history, and interactive exhibits. Find out more and get tickets at themobmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Frankie Shinta, who has been entertaining audiences throughout the coronavirus in Las Vegas and around the world every Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook with Quarantine with Shinta. It's a virtual show, Vegas style. And for everything about Frankie, go to frankieshinta.com and you can catch his show on Facebook at Frankie Shinta. And Frankie, we were talking about the entertainment business and specifically in Las Vegas. And as a result of the coronavirus, it could go a couple of different ways. I tend to agree, as I said before the break, that I think you're right. I think what will happen is there'll be a demand for performers who don't need fancy production equipment, who don't need props, who can do a show for a reasonably sized audience. And that can work to the benefit and bottom line of the individual casino hotels, which are owned by about five corporations at this point. Yes. And, you know, I hope and pray I'm, I'm right from my lips to God's ears. And I'm waiting for the call. You know, I, I haven't been on stage like a lot of entertainers, you know, since the winter. And I'm just waiting for that moment to happen. And until then, I just hope and pray it does. And I have a lot of irons in the fire. I've since then have a lot of different directions I'm going in. I've done a few concerts in the past couple of years with very large orchestras on my own as the showman. And my uh, conductor director is Mariano Longo, very talented conductor and arranger, and they've been very successful. And we're going to start doing those around the country with pop orchestras. And I'll still have my big band, as I do now, and still be doing that. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing like being in front of a 32- or 50-piece orchestra. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, Fra Frank Sinatra used to do that all the time. Oh, <laughs> so God it worked bless that well. him, man. Yeah. And uh, what's interesting, too, for people who may not know about the Shinta family, when they came to Las Vegas initially, I always felt you were the not the spark plug, but you really had to corral everybody to, to make it work. I may be wrong, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. And it was, you know, your brother Joe and Chrissy, your sister, and Pete O'Donnell. And you guys were a smash hit both at the Rio and then you were at the Hilton and you were all over the place. And then it evolved, you know, with family issues, of course, and tragedy to where it's now you as Frankie Shinta, the showman, with Pete O'Donnell obviously on drums. And you have continued on and... What's interesting about the Facebook show, I want to come back to it for just a second, is that there was actually a news report about you guys on a Buffalo TV station. So they covered the fact that you were doing this performance every week on a Buffalo TV station. Yes, I know this station, and they're good friends of mine, great people. It's, the, uh, it's an oldies TV station in Buffalo, Me TV. Well, they did it. There was a clip on YouTube where they did a whole news segment about the fact that you were doing this uh, Oh, yeah, performance. Channel 7. Yeah. That's their ABC affiliate. Yes. Right, right, right. That's what I was referring to. Yes, great people. And they've done one in Detroit. They've one, done one in, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, on their Fox 8 affiliate. 
I'm very blessed that it, people are noticing this. And I got to tell you about Pete O'Donnell, please, which is happy and sad for me and happy for him and sad for him, too. Pete O'Donnell, who's been with me 30 years, got an offer to run a family business down in Florida, and they needed him desperately. He came to me with this information and said, Frankie, my family needs me to run a business in Florida. And it has nothing to do with music. And I'm not saying goodbye, but I'm saying I got to do this for the time being. What do you think? I hugged him and I said, Peter, are you kidding me? I said, you have to do this. Yeah, it's his family. Sure. Yes. So Peter, in a swift eye blink, him and his wife moved to Florida. He's running a business down there, and he's doing very well. And we talk. In fact, we just talked this morning, and I'm very happy for him. I hired a drummer that's probably one of the top 20 in the nation. He's done things like My God, when Rick James had his triple platinum album, his first triple platinum album, Mike Caputi was the drummer on that album. And he has been a studio drummer in Nashville on some of the biggest country hits we've heard. And uh, he's going to be with me. He's a Buffalo boy and we've been friends forever. He's worked with me before and I cannot wait till he sits at the helm for me and it could be permanently and we're, we're both excited about this and Peter's excited for me. And, uh, I love Peter like a brother. Yeah. He, he, he was an honorary Shinta for all that time. He still is. Yeah. He, he still is. is. Of course. Yeah, Hell, exactly. Hanging out with Sicilians that long. You're part of the family. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm spreading a rumor that he also used to be known as the fifth Beatle before he became involved with the Shintas, but I don't know if that rumor is true or not, but I'm spreading it around. So, uh, so, so it sounds like you're moving forward, which you always do, Frankie. That's one of the things about you is that you always are looking forward. And I was curious about before everything opens up and because you've been doing this performance show every week on Facebook, do you since you don't get the chance to be on a stage per se, will there be a certain amount of time that you're going to devote to not rehearsal per se, but just getting your sea legs again since you've not been on a stage for a while, as most entertainers have not been because of the coronavirus? You know, I thank God for this live thing, but because it kept me very, I mean, I, I, let me just say this. And most people that know me well, I have never other than our opener or our closer in our show, barring the charts for the band, I never know what I'm going to do on that stage. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess it's good for the audience because it always keeps us all on our, on our, them on their toes and it keeps it fresh. Well, and the band has to follow you as to where you're going next. Right. Yeah. But the charts keep them kind of in order and my conductor, or whoever it is, well, Dan Ellis has been working with me now for a while, very talented young man, and he keeps them in order. And, you know, okay, here we go, guys. Uh, we're going to this song. And they all pull up the chart because he's watching me, 
intently, or Pete, Pete always did. Pete knew, he, Pete knew when I was breathing where <laughs> I was going, you know. And <laughs> so this live thing has kept me very sharp. And I'm really blessed that my kids talked me into this. Because, you know, like every Saturday, I cannot wait to get up there in my studio and jump on their piano and go like, and you know what else? My daughter, Danielle, I never realized how funny she is. And people absolutely love her. And my son throws in his comments, very funny, very intelligent. My daughter is a quite the ball breaker. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's interesting too, there's a, there's a larger theme at work here, and that, as I see it, and that is this. It always was the Shinta family, and there's been permutations, obviously. The point is that you're now talking about your daughter and your grandkids, and that's part of the extended Shinta family that originally started with everybody together, and then now it's the next generation, and it's still going strong. Yeah, I am. You know, I am very blessed, man. I really am. I don't know why the big guy upstairs likes me. <laughs> I have no idea. Because I'm not perfect by any stretch. No, of I've seen the reports. I've seen the reports, Frankie. You're not perfect. <laughs> yeah, just ask Metro Police up and down. <laughs> uh, you know, but he's always been good to me. You know, I, I haven't made a paycheck in a long time, but I'm okay. I've done all right for myself. I, You know, my wife is amazing. She knows how to stretch a dollar. And every time I look in her car, I go, what is all that stuff? Oh, those are returns. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing... And I don't know where they come from. And I guess, you know, being a good husband, I go, oh, all right. Yeah, the, <laughs> one, thing, the one thing she won't return is you. No, no, she won't return me. She, yeah. I, she's stuck, I guess. <laughs> do you what s- was that? Do you... <laughs> <laughs> she said she might. There she goes, party line in the background. Do you think at some point that you will sit down and write a, not necessarily autobiography, not necessarily a memoir, but really more accounting uh, or a, kind of the overview of the whole Shinta family and its history and its careers, etc.? You know, you're... You're, you're not the first person that asked me that. I, I definitely want to write a book about my life because it really has, when you talk about, I mean, there's a little bit of everything involved in my life from the Sicilian part of my life, that's all I'll say about it, um, to the business part of my life, to the personal part of my life. Now, here's another thing that's going on in my life. Now, you know who Dan Reynolds is from the Imagine Dragons? Yes. His wife, Asia, who is a wonderful human being, they've been to my show more than once. And Asia wants to write a one-man show about my entire life. From the day I received the guitar from my mom and dad after... My grandpa died when I was six. That guitar was in a good wheel bag because my mother, see, I get, I get choked up. That's okay. My mother and father couldn't even afford wrapping paper to wrap this guitar in. And it was my grandpa's guitar. 
it was a three quarter size guitar and it was a Gibson and I still have that. And today it's probably worth a fortune. And it was wrapped in two paper head to head Goodwill bags. And it said on the bags, I wish I had those. Love Santa to Frankie love Santa. And I remember like it was yesterday opening those bags and seeing that guitar in there. And that's how this whole damn thing started. And that's, she wants that to be basically the first scene in this one man production and where it would start with me alone on a stage. And it would start with like me just with that guitar but it would build up as the as the show went on and end up with a full orchestra, but never be seen. The orchestra would never be seen, but it would just build and build and build about my entire life. Like eight different scenes about my life. And she's she wants to write and produce this. So these are the little things going on in my life right now. Well, I have to tell you, that's a great way to end it because that, that would, I think that makes a lot of sense, a one-man show. It, it's perfect. And a book. But start with the one-man show. I think that's great. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know what, Ira? The bottom line is I don't think there's anybody. I'm not a great singer. I'm not a great musician. But I don't think there's anybody that lives to perform the way I do. And I, I really believe that with my whole heart. Because I give everything I've got, whether it's sitting in my studio alone at my piano, looking into an iPhone. And this week I had over 17,000 views, which I never in my greatest imagination would believe people would watch. I mean, really, me, I'm going, I can't believe this. I mean, I'm blown away by that. Honest to God, I really am. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Frankie Shinta, the showman. He's been entertaining audiences throughout the coronavirus in Las Vegas and around the world every Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook with Quarantine with Shinta. It's a virtual show Vegas style. And for everything about Frankie, go to frankieshinta.com. You can catch his show on Facebook at Frankie Shinta. And also probably next, next Saturday, see the salt guns. Those are important. Frankie, thanks for being on the show. Okay, my pleasure, brother. Always call on me anytime, Ira. And you know what? You're the best. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Hey.